Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Book Journeys Radio. This is Angela Loria. I am the founder of the Author Incubator and creator of the Difference Process for Writing a Book That Matters. And today on our show, we are very lucky to be talking to Jeffrey Hepburn. Jeffrey is the author of a book called Fate, Choice, and Chance, An Immigrant's Quest. Um, and, and just if you're looking to learn more about Jeffrey as we're talking here today, his name is spelled with a G. So it's G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y, Hepburn, H-E-P-B-U-R-N, JeffreyHepburn.com. And um, and you can go ahead and check that out as we're talking to learn more about him. But let's just start, Jeffrey. Tell us a little bit about the book, about Fate, Choice, and Chance, and how you came to write it. Well, the the book is partly autobiographical. When uh, I retired after a long career in business, uh, you know, my daughter said she didn't know very much about the early part of my life. Um, would I li- write a memoir for her? So I did. And I gave that as a as a Christmas gift to her. And then after she had read it, my wife had read it, you know, they said, you know, parts of this read like a novel. Maybe you should uh, turn part of this into a novel. So I did borrow from my own life experiences. Um, I think um, a Spanish friend of mine uh, once said, first books are usually autobiographical, and mine is no exception. Um, so parts of it trace uh, the course of my own life. Uh, because I I grew up in West Western Canada, uh, went to graduate school at Harvard and MIT, uh, married an American, ultimately became an American citizen, and have lived here for the last 40 years. So the idea of the book gradually formed. Uh, and initially, I was going to talk about the early years of the main character's life, um, uh, the small town where he grew up on the on the Canadian prairies. And then critical events in his life, which changed the course of what he had expected to do, the, his career expectations, his, the whole course of his life changed. And I was going to end it there. And then the more I thought about it, I thought the book might be more interesting if I went another 30 years to the point where the main character is retiring and he's looking back on his entire life. In fact, in the foreword of the book, I have a quote from a poem by T.S. Eliot, uh, Footfalls of Memory, uh, discussing the various uh, avenues that a person might have followed uh, in his life. And that's really the theme that uh, that I think there was a movie recently called uh, Click, where... uh, the movie looks at different possibilities in a person's life and how there were critical decision points um, that determined how a life developed. Inevitably, we think back on our lives. We think about how things would have been different if only we had decided such and such or hadn't had uh, a confrontation with a, with a certain person, you know, or something, some random event had worked out in our favor. So. Um, that's how the book gradually developed. So and, why did you write a book? Why did you decide to write a book? Oh, well, what was your um, goal? I mean, although I spent most of my career in business, um, I 
always enjoyed my English literature courses. I, I enjoyed writing. And uh, business memos, unfortunately, uh, working on balance sheets don't give you very much opportunity for creative self-expression. So here was an opportunity on my retirement to do something creative. Um, and it developed uh, from from that initial very, very simple question for my daughter, uh, it developed into a full novel. And as I said, parts of it are autobiographical, parts are, are fictional. I um, it was a it was an arduous process. I mean, it was helpful because I mean, part of the uh, book traces my own life, but it's it's much broader than that. I bring a lot of characters in into the novel. Um, the I the uh, ideas did changed you have as I went along. I know one, you you asked me right at the beginning. You know, uh, did I have a full fledged idea of what the book was going to be uh, when I started? Mm-hmm. And I would say the idea evolved as I continued writing. Mm-hmm. Did you have a goal for your readers? Did you have a way you wanted your reader to be different at the end of the book? Well, I, I would say, I mean, the, the, the subtitle of the book is An Immigrant's Quest. And the quest is for forgiveness and reconciliation with the past because uh, the main character in the book has a has a sharp break with the past. And only... Um, you know, late in life, does he consider all the things that have happened in his life, and um, some of the things he gradually accepts. Um, some of the people that he had bitter confrontations with in the past, he he forgives. Um, this is this is the sort of book it was gauged. I mean, initially, I had the idea that this book would appeal uh, to the post-war baby boomer generation, because it it passes through the uh, innocent 50s, uh, the civil rights movements of the 60s, um, the women's rights movement, the Vietnam War, the Cold War, the financial crisis of 2008. It would appeal, I thought, to um, the post-war baby boomer generation, the people born, let's say, the decade after World War II. But as the book developed... I realized that this that the theme was broad enough to appeal to many different kinds of readers, to anyone who has ever suffered a tragedy or a major setback in life. And uh, that can be said about most of us if we live long enough. Mm-hmm. So, yep, absolutely. And so in terms of not the creative process, but let's talk about the publishing process, I know um, in your case, why don't you tell people, how did you publish your book? And then when you think about your goals for the reader, how and why did you pick that publishing choice based on what your goals were for the book? Well, um, I have a friend who worked uh, in New York for several major publishing companies, and he told me, uh, well, he initially suggested I go the traditional route, finding an agent and working with uh, one of the big publishing companies. But he said, you know, even if even when you find an agent, it can take you uh, up to 18 months to get your books published. You know, it's a very long process. And you have to work with editors and get everything in shape. And then you get into a distribution channel. And he said, you know, nine out of ten books don't make a profit. So even if you get your book published with a major publishing company, 
you may not get the advertising dollars or you may not get the exposure that you want for your book because there are certain well-established authors who get most of the advertising dollars. I mean, publishing companies are trying to make a profit. So that made me think. Um, you know, I tried, I tried to go the traditional route initially, uh, and I was cautioned by his story um, that um, <clears throat> the author of, of uh, the Godfather series had written to 155 different agents before he finally found one. I didn't want a long, drawn-out process like that. I was, uh, I wanted a streamlined process. So I, uh, I decided to go to Author House, which is based in Bloomington, Indiana. It's the e-publishing arm of Penguin Books. Although they they publish in not only e-books, but you know your book is also printed in soft cover and hard cover. And it's available. It's the it's the Vanity Press for Penguin, not just their ebook. It's press, it's right? what? It's, it's their Vanity Press. It's where you can choose to pay for them to you know put their That's publishing right. skills to use for you. Yeah, you not have you have control over the process and over the timing of the publication. It's not an eighteen month process. In my case, it took two months, and that That's appealed great. to me. That's pretty. Yeah, and two months is pretty fast. So, um, I mean, this is my first book, and I am planning to write a second book, maybe a third. I've, you know, I've set up my own website, um, the, the Jeffrey Hepburn website, www.jeffreyhepburn.com. And you know, the my my first book is featured there, but ultimately, I hope to add a second and third book to that to that website to establish sort of a brand. And name. is your is your goal for your book? Is it purely revenue from the book that is the income source, or do you have other related books and products, or plans to have related books and products, or speaking opportunities, or things like that? Um, there will be speaking opportunities. There have already been some speaking opportunities. Um, revenue generation is desirable, but it isn't the primary motivation for the writing of this book. I would say my so second, is? my second book, my, my my first book was partly a response to um, the interest of my family and friends in my life. And as I said, part of this book is autobiographical; part of it is fictional. Uh, I think my second book will be much more geared to revenue generation. So uh, although I different? want to write something that is literary, it, it has a literary worth. I. I I, um, what will you do differently when you're focusing on revenue instead of just uh, you know satisfying family and friends' curiosity? Well, um, there are certain themes which interest the general public. I mean, I don't I, um, I, I don't want to wallow in a lot of sex and violence. I mean, those are themes obviously that uh, that sell well. Um, and I would say my first book. Um, is 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 much more philosophical. It's uh, less geared to that kind of interest. My second book, um, I mean, debating now whether to write um, a fictional novel or whether to write something biographical, taking some interesting character in American history, maybe somebody who made an important contribution but hasn't received the as sort you're, of... As you're making that decision, what lessons are you taking from your first experience um, in writing your second one? And I ask this because 
most of our listeners are first-time authors, and so mm-hmm. I want to know what have you learned from your process that you are applying to your next book and that other people could apply to their book? Well, one thing uh, I didn't do with my first book, which I probably will do with my second book, is to take a little notepad along with me wherever I happen to be so that I can write down observations and thoughts. Um, uh, I mean, I have a friend who's writing the great American novel, and he's been doing this for years. You know, So he has <laughs> volumes, files, filled with notations. And this would be um, a good way of crystallizing exactly what you want to write. In my first book, I didn't have this problem because I was following... The, the, the thread of the book is essentially the thread of my life. So I had something coherent to organize my novel around. Whereas with the second book, you know, particularly if it's fiction, it's a much more creative process. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, and you have to create something of, out of nothing. Right. And what about in terms of publishing or some of the other things, not just about writing? Um, how will that well, I would say in my second book, um, w- w- with the first book, I mean, I bought a package from Author House, and it's a gr- it's been a great learning experience. I would say with my second book, I will be more selective. There are parts of the package which will not be that useful to me, or I recognize the limited utility of certain parts of that package. And then there are add-on features which I would... Uh, Adopt initially a much more targeted marketing campaign. Uh, you know, part of the package. Which like, I what's bought. an example? What do you mean by a targeted marketing campaign? Well, though? I think uh, with one of the features of the package that I bought was sort of a mass email marketing campaign. You know, people who wanted to be informed about new books that were going to be published. And um, you know, even if people, uh, even if four or five percent of the people who get a mass email uh, click on the link and follow through to um, uh, the Author House website and, and end up buying your book, it's th- it may not be the most effective way of reaching your target audience. It's better, Right, and I think, by the to, way, a 4 or 5% response rate would be one of the best uh, email campaigns in the history of email. Well, uh, the range, of, I, I, uh, I actually got a response rate of about 4.6% on 3 million emails that were sent out. Uh, Which uh, you know, it's, it's a fairly it's a fairly good number, but I think I I think the marketing could be more effective if um, I had a targeted marketing campaign. You know, we we identified reading groups that would to which this to whom this novel would uh, would appeal, especially, and you just mm-hmm. go after those, and then you target certain um, maybe the traditional media newspapers so that they will write a review of the book. Uh, radio interviews, television interviews. Um, and did you have you done those things, or do you plan to do those things for your uh, I've, I've I've done a fair number of radio interviews. I haven't appeared on a television program yet. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so what advice would you give to an author who is finishing their manuscript and they're looking into uh, different publishing companies and options for different publishing companies? What do you think, uh, what, what would you tell them? If somebody, you met somebody at a cocktail party and they're like, oh, I'm thinking of self-publishing, what advice would you give them? 
Well, it's 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 difficult to get attention. You know, if you have if you have a sponsor, it would help. But most of us first-time authors don't have sponsors. Uh, you know, we, we have a creative impulse and we we write this book, and it may be the greatest book ever. But you know, if you don't have name recognition, you may have a difficult time uh, getting your book published by a major publishing house. The advantage of of doing what I did was that it gives you an opportunity to establish a platform, to establish a brand name, which will make it easier for you to publish your second novel. One other thing you could do is go to writers' conferences um, where you may meet a literary agent, someone who might not be that interested in your 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 letter if you if you write to them but if they meet you in person uh and you talk you know enthusiastically about your book uh they may your, seriously consider you so for your next book are you going to be working with an agent um i know um, that you attempted to for your first book and and decided not to go that route well i i wrote to uh 33 different agents and you know a good number of them responded very politely and uh wished me luck but you know they weren't willing to gamble on a first time author um i hope that problem will be rectified the next time uh mm-hmm. because i will have established a brand name right uh but would uh, i would i work with an agent if a good relationship with an agent can be developed yes i would but Do you think you'll reach uh, I would be happy to... working with Author House again. Uh, I, I think they are uh, a very professional organization, um, a lot of knowledgeable, polite people. Um, so uh, I would seriously consider working with them again. And do you think you'll reach out to agents this time again or no? Yes, I will. Because um, although, you know, the, the traditional publishing business is um, changing. I mean, it used to be that... Um, E-publishing accounted for a very small portion of what was published, and now it's much more like half-half. And it could be, in a few years' time, it could be 70% e-publishing, 30% uh, the traditional route. And when I say e-publishing, that does not exclude printing your book, paperback, or softcover or hardcover. That can still be done in addition to the the e-books, but... um, you know, I, I just came back from a trip to China, and you know the airplane trips uh, between New York and, and Hong Kong are rather long—a 15-hour flight. Uh, I was also in Beijing and Singapore. Beijing is a four-hour flight or a three-and-a-half-hour flight from Hong Kong. Uh, Singapore is six hours from Beijing. So you, I'm sitting on an airplane a lot. What I did was I downloaded five books on my iPad. And that kept me occupied on these long flights. And when you consider uh, people in Philadelphia or New York, you know, they spend a lot of time uh, commuting on trains uh, in downtown to, to work. Um, they, uh, they, you see that increasingly on uh, commuter trains, how people uh, read novels on their iPads or their, um, you know, the, their number of books. Out, uh, the uh, Barnes & Noble has its own. Um, Nook books, uh, you know, there, there, there are many different alternatives. You know, I don't want to say the iPad is the only way to go, but that's what I happen to do. To do. Um, but more and more people read eBooks on the equivalent of an iPad, 
And I think directionally, that's the trend of the future. Mm-hmm. So what do you wish you knew about this whole process of writing and publishing and promoting a book before you even started writing? What do you wish you knew? Well, I had a pretty, I had a, you know, a, a, a target in mind. I was going to write a book which was partly memoir, but written as fiction. And my initial goal was to write this book, and I didn't really think very much about what came after the publication, the marketing of the book. I think uh, with my second book, I would be much more attuned to the back end of the process. That is, the marketing of it, the distribution of it. Uh, I would keep that in mind as I was writing my book. And that was not the case with my first book. I didn't even think about that that much. I just assumed, you know, that the only important thing was writing the manuscript. Right. And everything else would take care of what percentage of the total process of, of writing, publishing, and promoting a book, how, what percentage would you say is writing? Uh, you know, is that... Well, I mean, it depends on which stage you're at. I mean, initially, it's uh, all writing. When you, later on, um, when, you, when, you, when you first come to an agreement with a publishing company, uh, you may have to revise your manuscript. I mean, there may be more writing, but then you get into all sorts of other things like do you want your book to have Hollywood coverage? Do you want to be in a database database that a Hollywood producer might consider for turning into a film? That's where a lot of the money is right now, getting your book turned into a film. Um, I mean, the, the, the balance shifts. Once, once your book is published, of course, um, most of your time is spent on marketing and interacting with your publisher, interacting with the reading public. And um, for you, what has personally been the most rewarding part of being an author? Well, I think it's the um, creative self-expression. Mm. You know, you. Uh, I mean, uh, we all have different experiences, but I think we all agree that life is a journey. And at the end of your life, you think about your various experiences, and you want to put them into paper so that you can share them with friends and family and with a large reading public that you don't even know. Uh, there's a there's a certain amount of satisfaction in all of that. It's a, it's a very creative process. Uh, so I I would think that's. Uh, and are there any specific outcomes, things that have happened to you since you've had your book uh, that? either wouldn't or couldn't happen uh, before you became an author? Well, um, as I said, I, well, I, when I worked on Wall Street for many years, and, of course, I appeared on TV programs frequently to commentate, or to comment, pardon me, commentate, <laughs> comment on, on, uh, on various aspects of uh, the work I was doing. But... Um, I had never been invited, uh, or being invited to appear on a radio talk show was uh, (laughs) a a unique experience, uh, something that I had not experienced before. So that has changed. Um, Getting up in front, in my my business career, of course, I got up in front of business groups frequently, uh, large and small, to make presentations. And as an author, 
uh, I would do, I will be doing the same thing. Uh, but again, couching my presentation differently. Mm-hmm. Because I will not be using slides. Um, there may not be any handout material. You know, it's 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 different from a business meeting. Mm-hmm. And um, what, for you, what is the goal either with your next book or even with this one in terms of outcomes you would like to see, not just book sales, but other things that you think can happen in your life because you have a book? Well, I actually received a proposal. Well, what do what I would like to have happen? Um, I mean, at my, my stage in life, I view it as a way of keeping myself engaged um, and mentally active. I mean, it's it's creative. I get a lot of personal satisfaction out of writing. Um, and it keeps me interested and alive. And I think that's what I would like. If And if I can earn money doing that, so much the better. Um, some things come out of the woodwork, you know, that you never really expected. I mean, after one of my guest appearances on a radio talk show, I got an invitation to start my own radio talk show if I would be interested. <laughs> uh, I declined because I thought it would become uh-huh. my whole life. Uh, if I right. did that, I'd never write my second book. But Ah, excellent. Well, I think the, you know, the process of becoming an author is different for so many people, but one of the things that's really powerful, at least to all of the authors I've talked to, is just knowing that they have affected in some way other people's lives. Right. Um, Whether it's because they entertained them or they changed their thoughts about something or opened up new possibilities in their life. And I'm just wondering if that is something that you have found that's happened for you or that's been satisfying in any way for you? Well, I think one thing that people have found interesting about my book is the theme of conflict resolution, forgiveness, reconciliation with the past. As I mentioned previously, um, this book should appeal to anyone who has ever suffered a major setback or tragedy. Uh, we all deal with uh, tragedies in different ways. Uh, some of us can readily forgive uh, a major tragedy. I mean, this book opens with um, a shooting in the high school which the main character had attended as a youth. And uh, the the victim is the son of an Anglican minister who forgives the killer of his son. Um, obviously, that was a very difficult thing for him to do, but he felt because of his ministry, that was an important thing to do. He had an opportunity, the funeral service or the address, uh, funeral address was uh, televised nationally in Canada. Uh, he had representatives from government there, it was an opportunity for him to use that platform to say something that was very important to him. So that's how some people deal with tragedies. Then there are other people who bottle up uh, what has happened to them in the past, which is uh, what the main character in the book did. And uh, reconciliation and forgiveness is, uh, comes very slowly. 
So um, what I would hope to do with this book is to give some insights um, to anyone who has ever uh, suffered a setback or tragedy on how to deal with uh, critical turning points in your life. Right. Well, we just have another minute left, so I just want to know, is there any uh, final words? I'm sure you get stopped all the time at, you know, when talking to friends or at a cocktail party that people say, wow, you've written a book. I really want to do that. Um, is there any advice that you would give people that would like to be where you are? Uh, any, you know, final words of encouragement or advice? Well, what I would say is you should have a strong interest or even better, a passionate commitment to writing a book because it's a very long-term process. So if you're thinking about writing a book, make sure you pick a topic that interests you deeply because it may take you an entire year, even longer, to write the book that you have in mind. And then, of course, that's not even taking into account the actual publication and marketing of your book after it's done. So I think it's very important that you be very interested in the topic, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, I think that's great. And it'll be with you for a long time, years, probably your whole life, but you know, for years you'll be promoting and talking about that book. So I, I think right. that's great advice. Uh, Jeffrey Hepburn. Um, Jeffrey is uh, the author of Jeffrey. Say the name of your book again. Fate, Choice, and Chance, and it's available at uh, on Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, and also on the Author House website. Great, and people can find you at JeffreyHepburn.com. Right. So and thanks for I'll being our guest today. And um, and here's to changing the world one book at a time. Thank you very much. I almost began to feel like